Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for January 9th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special announcement, a major announcement here on Off The Script, I have now once again, once again, been benched by Top Dollar. Wow, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, man. How could he fucking bench me? She Fuck out of here, man. This show sucks. This show sucks, man. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, there are... You know, the community is just sickening, man. It's like they hang on to everything that... They, you know, it, the shit like this Dominic... Yeah, it, granted, this is the best he's looked, but... You know, they desperately try to find anything that's good with the show because they have to fit their fucking quota of positivity. This show sucks. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I cannot sit through Monday Night Raw in one sitting and thoroughly enjoy myself, man. I felt like I did more exercise on top of my gym day today by getting up and down, up and down, up and down, off the couch, left and right, up and down to go find anything to do, anything to do during the commercial breaks because I just, I, I just cannot stay invested in Monday Night Raw. What exactly happened on this show? I mean, what exactly happened on this show that's built towards the Royal Rumble? And I mean meaningful. Nothing. Nothing at all. And if it did, it wasn't particularly good. The whole show, and I love how WWE, this is, uh, this is how you know something. Something's going on, bro. Something's going on. You know, Triple H is usually so concise and precise and so organized. You go on WWE.com at fucking 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and there's nothing listed for the show. Nothing listed for the show. All I saw was Alexa Bliss explains her actions about brutally attacking Bianca Belair, and that was it. 
When you go to W, this is a this is a little spoiler for you guys, a little, little hint on what to do during Monday Night Raw. If you see that WWE.com has nothing listed for the show, you're in for a long evening. Might as well start off with uh, Alexa Bliss. That was the big hook to get people to watch tonight during a college championship football game that was a complete blowout. Raw rating is still going to be in the fucking dumpster come tomorrow. Doesn't matter what the score was. Alexa Bliss and the attack on Bianca Belair last week. She became enraged because of two. I I think it was two. It might have been the same fucking guy. They were both blonde. I, I don't know why people were saying it's two different people. Look like the same fucking person to me. This This guy, this creepy guy wearing a replica Uncle Howdy mask shows up. Shows up on Raw. All of a sudden, Alexa Bliss gets enraged. She attacks the referee. She ruins her chance to win the Raw Women's Championship. She beats up Bianca Belair so badly that she requires stitches and medical attention at the end of the evening. So we fast forward to this week, and Alexa Bliss is now the evil one. Alexa Bliss says that she has taken control, not Bianca Belair. It's not about Bray Wyatt. It's not about Uncle Howdy. It's not about anybody else. It's about her and her taking control. So she mentioned Uncle Howdy. And Uncle Howdy comes out. We see the smoke emanating from the aisleway. We see a figure emerge from the smoke and... There is Uncle Howdy, who apparently, I read this report on Friday, whoever is under the mask of Uncle Howdy apparently is playing kayfabe backstage and wears the mask everywhere they go. He's in catering, he's wearing the mask. So whoever is under the mask of Uncle Howdy, they are really keeping it close to the vest on who it really is. They don't want anybody knowing who it is backstage. Well, apparently there was another news update on who Uncle Howdy is. And multiple sources confirmed today that Bo Dallas was backstage at Raw and that he is Uncle Howdy. Now, I don't know how true that is. WWE could pull a fast one on us. One day it could be Bo Dallas. The next day it could be somebody else. We don't know. WWE, for all I know, could have multiple fucking people playing Uncle Howdy and they don't know Uh, or we don't know, rather, who they're going to choose on any given day. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. Maybe Bo Dallas uh, and his turn came up in rotation today to play Uncle Howdy. Maybe on Friday it was Vincent of the Righteous that's being rumored or Dutch from the Righteous. We don't know. I don't even think WWE knows who the fuck Uncle Howdy is. He shows up. Snapping his fingers like he's fucking uh, singing a Broadway fucking tune. And then we go to commercial break. Never to see Alexa Bliss again. And never to see Uncle Howdy again for the duration of the show. And that was it. That was it. That was it for the week on Monday Night Raw. That was all of Alexa Bliss and her segment. I had people crying to me. Ugh. Why don't you just give it a chance, man? 
Why don't you just enjoy it, man? This is a this is a cliffhanger, man, for next week. Everything's been a fucking cliffhanger since October. How many more fucking cliffhangers do you want? Do you want me to hang you from a fucking cliff? Because that's what a lot of people want to do after seeing this show tonight. How many more fucking cliffhangers do you need? Ever since Uncle Howdy showed his face on SmackDown, it's been a fucking cliffhanger every fucking week. This is the excuse. These are the excuses that I have to be bombarded with on fucking dummy Twitter. It's a fucking cliffhanger. Cliffhang these fucking nuts, you fucking geek. Fucking cliffhanger. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Who the fuck is he? Who is he? Everybody wants to talk about Bo Dallas. I think we're all ready to find out who's under the mask. We gotta wait till fucking pitch black. We gotta wait till the Royal Rumble, potentially. And I don't even know if that's gonna be the fucking reveal of Uncle Howdy. So now we know two things. One, Alexa Bliss is turning heel. Great. Great, Alexa Bliss is turning heel. What type of heel? I don't know. Is she going to be shooting fucking fireballs? Is she going to have Harry Potter's fucking magic book in her back pocket? I don't know. I don't know. She's aligned with Bray Wyatt. She's being toyed with by Uncle Howdy. And Uncle Howdy has now dragged that evil out of her. And now she's evil, Alexa Bliss. Oh my God, I'm so terrified. I'm so scared of Alexa Bliss. Give me a fucking break. Fucking bullshit. I don't understand how you are excited about this. What do you expect to happen? Bianca Belair to lose the Raw Women's Championship before WrestleMania? Fuck out of here. That would be a terrible fucking move. Garbage. Absolute fucking garbage. Such a lame, lame segment. And that was it. Disappeared. Vanished. Never to be seen again. Oh, but it's a cliffhanger, man. If you want to use excuses, please make sure that they're good ones. Please. That's all I ask. Entertain me, at least. The other big thing that happened tonight, and this is seriously the only other big thing that happened tonight, was a tag team turmoil match. I'm looking at these teams, I'm like, all right. WWE's got a solid tag team division, right? You got Gallows and Anderson in there, very good, right? You got the Street Profits, you got Alpha Academy, you got what should be the Hurt Business coming up very soon. And then you got Judgment Day. You got Damian Priest and Finn Balor, who have been marquee acts on Monday Night Raw. I love all four of these guys. I think they're great. Well, all three of these guys and one lady in Rhea Ripley. Tag team turmoil matches are very hit and miss. It depends on the talent that you have in these tag team turmoil matches. This one was particularly good, especially down the stretch with the Street Profits and Judgment Day. I thought what they did in the end was great. Um... But the only reason why they are booked is because it eats up a chunk of time. And the reason why this match was booked tonight and a tag team turmoil match was booked tonight 
was because they didn't want to be bothered with, with booking a show that they knew was going to absolutely bomb in the ratings because of the NCAA college football game. So they put a tag team turmoil match on in the main event that went nearly an hour, and it ate up a chunk of time because what else are they going to do? Nobody's really watching the show for any other reason tonight. So why the fuck not? Let's try and do something good and get someone over on Monday night. I thought the match was very good. I thought the match was very good. I don't know what it accomplished, but I thought the match, especially like I said down the stretch with the Street Profits, was very good. Now, the confusing part comes in with the Usos. They were on Monday Night Raw again tonight, and Adam Pearce clearly does not want the bloodline on Monday night because they are SmackDown. But they are holding the Raw Tag Team Championships. Roman is holding the WWE Championship. So they, by the bylaws of the company, I'm assuming Vince McMahon's going to end up changing those as well because he's now head of the board of directors. By the laws of WWE, they are allowed to be on the show because they are holding the brand's championships. Adam Pearce does not want them on the show anymore. He wants a civil environment. This tag team turmoil match was not for the Usos' undisputed tag team championships. For some reason, I saw, and people are confirming to me, that this was for a shot at the Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, I have to ask why. I have to ask why. What sense does that make, and why would it be for the Raw Tag Team Championships and not the Undisputed Tag Team Championships? Now, I know a lot of people are bored of the bloodline. I know a lot of people are bored that the Usos hold two championships and Roman Reigns holds two championships But I have to ask why this decision now, on this night, on this Raw, two weeks before the Royal Rumble was made, to have the winner of this tag team turmoil match become number one contender for the Raw Tag Team Championships. We haven't seen single championships defended in many, 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 many months. So why now? It does not make any sense. I don't know what anybody is expecting here. This is not the best way to take the titles off the Usos. This is not the best way to ununify the tag team championships. This is not the best way to bring Monday Night Raw back to normalcy by having championships on the show that need to be there, a.k.a. the tag team titles and the WWE championships. I'm still on my fucking hill. I'm going to die on that hill. I don't think we need two sets of tag team titles to begin with. I don't know why we have two sets of tag team championships. I don't know why we just don't have one set of tag team championships and then have all teams float between Raw and SmackDown. What sense does it make? You know, you may be all excited because Damian Priest is fucking great. He had a great night tonight. Finn Balor has been great. Both of these guys have been great under the leadership of Paul Levesque on Monday Night Raw, though I... I'm a little skeptical about who ran this fucking show tonight. And with the news of Vince being back, I'm going to be very skeptical in the weeks moving forward. But no matter how great Damian Priest is, no matter how great Rhea Ripley's been, no matter how great Finn Balor has been, no matter how comedic you think Dominic is dressing up as a fucking gang member after being imprisoned 
for only a couple of hours, says The Miz. And not the hardened criminal that he really pretends to be. I have to ask, what sense does this make? You're overlooking one huge, and I mean Bruce Pritchard huge, like logic gap. I want you all to realize that no matter what championships are on the line, if it's the SmackDown titles, if it's the Raw titles, if it's the Unified Tag Team titles, it could be fucking paper titles that uh, your three-year-old fucking niece made the Usos. It doesn't fucking matter. You are overlooking one huge logic gap. The Usos will not, cannot, should not lose before WrestleMania. So we have Judgment Day challenging the Usos for the Raw Tag Team Championships on SmackDown. Is that is that what I'm is that what I'm hearing? Or is that going to take place next week on Monday Night Raw? Being that Judgment Day is a Monday Night Raw tag team and the Usos have no problem showing up on Monday, so why don't we just do it on Monday? The Usos cannot, should not, will not lose before WrestleMania. They cannot. If the Usos lose before WrestleMania, then you take all of that away from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who are going to be the two men to challenge the bloodline, the Usos, at WrestleMania for the undisputed Tag Team Championships. You you know, we've come this far. We've come this far with the Unified Tag Team Championships, with the Unified World Title. Now you want to contemplate by splitting the championships up? Now? I mean, this should have been done fucking months ago if that was your direction. Now we're three months away from WrestleMania, and now you want to potentially split the fucking championships up? I hope to God not. I hope that is not the case at all. I don't know why we just don't save all of this for WrestleMania and then split the championships via a draft the following night on Monday Night Raw. I don't really understand the logic there. So, Damian Priest looked fantastic tonight. Finn Balor looked great tonight. Dominic Mysterio is the fucking flavor of the week in the IWC. They looked great tonight. Rhea Ripley won her match against Candice LeRae tonight. Ultimately, to do what? Lose against the Usos, because the Judgment Day should not become the tag team championships or become the tag team champions before Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens inevitably get those championships or that championship opportunity at WrestleMania. It does not make any sense to me. And that was basically Monday Night Raw. That was basically Monday Night Raw in a nutshell. Other than that, the Hurt Business once again teased getting back together MVP unsuspended or got Bobby Lashley unsuspended. He made a deal with Adam Pearce to bring Bobby Lashley back to Monday Night Raw. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin were in that tag team match. The tag team turmoil match. They looked decent for the little amount of time they were in there. Other than that, nothing happened on this show. We're going to go over the rest of what happened the best we can. And I appreciate you guys joining me right here on OTS. Man, I want to thank everybody that showed up last night for uh, episode 458. It was absolutely tremendous. Tremendous. 
I honestly feel I attacked that Vince McMahon fucking story so good. So good, man. I felt on top of my game last night. If you missed that podcast, go and check it out. It is available on the homepage right now. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, Blue Wire. Thank you guys so much for the support. We were 3,000 large in the venue last night. Unbelievable podcast. Go check that shit out on the homepage. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Jesse is telling me we need 1,000 likes minimum or... Or he is not serving any pico de gallo with the tacos tonight. Now, we can't have tacos without pico de gallo. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? What the fuck is wrong, bro? No pico. Listen, man, if Thunder Rosa still liked us, I'd, I'd have her kick your ass. I don't know. I don't know. So hit that thumbs up, man. Thousand likes minimum. That's one with three zeros. One thousand likes minimum. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, man. Cold beverages, super chats, you know the deal at the end. Become a channel member. Hit that join button down below. Become a VIP right here on Off the Script. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout for your free sample. So make sure you guys hit them up, BlueChew.com. I want to thank them, as always, for being a great friend of the podcast. No, Pico, I'm not that much of a heel. Bro, you are a heel, bro. It's in your fucking name. What the fuck are you talking about? You're uh, Chi-Town Smart, Heel Jesse. Fuck out of here, man. <clears throat> Monday Night Raw, let's start at the top. If you wanted any indication that Vince McMahon may be running the show, just look at the opening segment to this Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens walked to the ring with a microphone in his hand, and it's always great to see Kevin Owens. Kevin Patrick, by the way, still sucks. This is your weekly service public announcement that Kevin Patrick is fucking just awful at his job, and he needs to be removed immediately. Seriously. I would rather have my neighbor's barking dog do commentary than Kevin Patrick, and he would probably do a better job. Kevin Patrick is fucking terrible. Get him off this show immediately. One of the main reasons why this show sucks every week is because of Kevin Patrick. I will say it every week until he is actively removed from the play-by-play booth. Kevin Owens in the ring with a microphone. A rare emotionally charged moment for Roman Reigns, says Kevin Patrick. KO began talking about the Royal Rumble. And his challenge laid down to Reigns for the world title. All of a sudden, JBL's music interrupted and the universal sound of remote controls clicking the channel button could be heard all over the globe. JBL is fucking garbage. 
why this man is on the show still, I don't understand. This is a Vince McMahon gimmick. Get rid of it. This is a Vince McMahon open. Get rid of it. Baron Corbin opening the show is a Vince McMahon move. Get rid of it. JBL is out there, and he insulted the people of Alabama, being about one generation away from walking on all fours. He said they are smart enough to know he can't beat Reigns. Baron Corbin walked out, and he agreed with JBL. He made some regional college football references to work up all the fans in Alabama. <laughs> Wish I had a fucking uh, long piece of straw sticking out of my mouth, man. I really fit the vibe of being from Alabama. So while Baron Corbin was talking, Kevin Owens, this, was, this is, this is going to be a meme until all of us are no longer on this earth. In the IWC, Kevin Owens goes into the corner and he legitimately puts his head on the turnbuckle and falls asleep. Kevin Owens did exactly what everybody was doing at home legitimately while JBL and Baron Corbin were out there saying a lot of absolutely nothing. Corbin then said he'll beat Reigns again in the main event of WrestleMania because he will win the Royal Rumble and earn that position. Wow, man, Roman Reigns against Baron Corbin at WrestleMania, man. What a match that would be. Holy fucking shit. You want to see people sell their WrestleMania tickets, by all means. Book that match. Who the fuck would go to a WrestleMania main evented by Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns? Not a single fucking person walking this earth. Baron Corbin says he will win the Royal Rumble, man. Baron Corbin could not win the Royal Rumble if he found a fucking magic lamp, rubbed it, and a genie popped out giving him three wishes, and all three wishes were him asking to win the Royal Rumble. He would still lose the Royal Rumble. Because even the fucking genie in the magic lamp would know that is a fucking terrible decision. Now, if I rubbed a genie in a lamp... I would, uh, I would, you know what I would fucking vote for or uh, wish for? Vince McMahon to be eradicated completely away from WWE forever. Seriously. Some of you actually may wish for Christina Aguilera in Genie in a Bottle to pop out of that magic lamp. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yes, I watched TRL back in the day. Like a fucking geek. I watched TRL with Carson Daly in hopes to see one, at least one metal band make the top 10. And then when they did, they played the video for about 30 seconds. That's great. The fuck did I try calling into the MTV studios for to vote corn freak on a leash for it to be played for fucking 10 seconds? Holy shit. Baron Corbin says if he wants to take a nap, he can go to the ring and put him to sleep. Now, I think Baron Corbin has that backwards. He can go to the ring and put us to sleep. We got this match to open the show. Seriously. Baron Corbin versus Kevin Owens. Eight minutes, Kevin Owens wins. This was a lot of nothing, and it really wasn't even about the match. It was about what happened after the match, the Usos. And Solo Sokoa attacked KO afterwards. KO fended them off with a steel chair, basically bashing everybody in the back with a steel chair. Solo tried to charge back into the ring, but Usos grabbed him. Adam Pearce and other officials ran out 
to restore some order here on Monday Night Raw. Looks like a Vince McMahon segment. Sounds like a Vince McMahon segment. Smells like a Vince McMahon segment. Trash. Everything but the bloodline and Kevin Owens. Trash. I don't know why Barry... Barry Corbin walks out there, man. Listen, Barry Corbin could be... I swear to God, man, if Barry Corbin and me were at a bar, we'd probably get along incredibly well, man. We love our bourbons, we love our steaks, and we love our fucking heavy metal. I have more in common with Baron Corbin than Baron Corbin would like to admit, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I'm wearing a Symphony X fucking hoodie on the show, man, and I wear it nightly. I know my, I know my heavy metal, okay? But Baron Corbin in this role with JBL and whatever the fuck they have him out there wearing, man, this shit sucks. They are doing him absolutely... No- it's almost as if they're sending him out there to look like a fool on purpose. He's coming out. He's dressed like he is. He's got the slot machines going off. There's nothing about his fucking gimmick that is really, you know, hey, man, hey, the slot machines, money. Who gives a fuck? Then you got JBL out there calling him the wrestling god. On what planet would you call Baron Corbin a wrestling god? Now, I know they probably do it to get cheap heat, but it's not even cheap heat. It's fucking terrible. Shit is awful. Absolutely awful. Baron Corbin needs to go. I mean, going back to the drawing board may not even be enough for Baron Corbin. He may need to go back to the drawing board legitimately. Can we get the lone wolf back, please? Can we get fucking biker Baron Corbin back? Cool looking Baron Corbin. This shit is awful. So backstage, Adam Pearce confronted the Usos and Solo Sokoa. We told them that there would be a tag team turmoil match later, and the winner will earn a chance to face them at SmackDown for the tag team championships. But all I heard was that it was for the Raw tag team titles. So the Judgment Day win, an opportunity to go challenge the Usos on their brand. So you're sending them to the opposite brand to give the Usos home field advantage instead of giving Judgment Day home field advantage. Don't really understand that. Adam Pearce said the Usos can leave. Solo stays. He's got a one-on-one match with Dolph Ziggler later. All right, man. Dolph Ziggler is back on the show. Said nobody ever. Should be a great match. Dolph is great. The thing with Dolph is he is absolutely irrelevant in every sense of the word. So anything that he does... You know, it's easy to say, oh, man, Dolph is a fantastic professional wrestler, but who the fuck cares? Who cares? Guy shows up one week, disappears for the next six, shows up one week, disappears for the next three, and then you ask me to care about Dolph Ziggler. So we go to Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss all of a sudden jumped on the commentary table. She's got a microphone in hand. She said, Belair is afraid of her, not Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy. So she says, I'm the face of evil. She says she doesn't feel bad about what she did to Bianca because she hasn't felt this good in a really long time. She took a deep exhale, then got sinister and said she's finally in charge of what she does. She said she has the whole world in her hands and isn't afraid to use those hands to 
tear into the scars of Bianca's face and take the title. All of a sudden, Uncle Howdy and a vignette interrupt. The voice of Uncle Howdy says, do you feel in charge? He reiterate this a couple of times. The lights went dark. The lights came back on. Uncle Howdy's music played, which I actually really like. He walked out onto the entrance ramp through a cloud of fog, and then they go to commercial break, and neither one of them are seen ever again. But I have the fucking geeks online saying, oh, well, it's, it's a cliffhanger, man. Why don't you just remain patient, man? It's a cliffhanger. Why don't you fucking cliffhang from these fucking balls, okay? Leave me the fuck alone and let me complain about what I want to complain about. This shit was fucking lame. Uncle Howdy's out there and immediately goes to commercial break. That is Vince McMahon if I ever fucking saw Vince McMahon. It's almost as if Triple H is now booking for Vince McMahon. How do we make the least amount of sense? Yes, we'll have Uncle Howdy go out there, show up, snap his fingers a couple of times, and then we'll go to commercial break never to see either one of these two people again. It's almost as if they don't know where to go. That's the vibe I get. Now, I get they got to drag this shit out. I understand. They got WrestleMania plans. The report was way back when that they got WrestleMania plans fleshed out for Bray Wyatt. But if this is going to be what we see weekly, and we're going to get fucking little, little, little crumbs of Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt and then this and then that and a fucking promo that sounds like the last fucking eight promos that I heard Bray Wyatt cut. How many people are going to remain interested in Bray Wyatt and what he has to tell as far as his comeback story? Because I know I'm losing a lot of patience. A lot of patience. This shit was lame, but you'll have the Alexa Bliss fucking super geeks out there. Oh, I got look at her acting ability. What was accomplished here? What was accomplished? I, I ask you this here. What was accomplished here that we didn't already get last week? She said she's in control this week. We heard her say that last week. She turned heel last week. She doubles down on turning heel this week. What was any different compared to last week? You basically got a fucking rerun and you're too stupid to fucking see it. We go from that garbage to Bailey. Bailey is not garbage. Damage control is. I'm afraid to tell everybody in damage control that it ain't working out. Bailey, I honestly feel like Bailey needs to. Maybe turn babyface again. I don't think this heel shtick is working out for Bailey. I don't think damage control really has hit their stride at all. I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I think it's lame. I think it just has not worked out well at all. So she went one-on-one with, I don't even know who the fuck she is. Is she Meechin? Is she Mia Yim? Is she Meechin? Mia Yim? I, I don't know. I'm hearing three different fucking things 
from Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick is calling her fucking Mia Yim. Corey Graves is calling her Meechin. Then we go to commercial break and we come back and she's Meechin me. I don't know who the fuck she is anymore. This sounds like a Vince McMahon. Uh, I I'm going to do this one week and then do something else the next week. Who the fuck is she? I got the commentary team saying Mia Yim, but then when you see the nameplate show up in her fucking entrance, nothing is there but Meechin. Meechin Lee's nuts, please. Eight minutes. Nothing happened here. Bailey wins in eight minutes. And I don't know what this is going to accomplish. This is just biding time till the Royal Rumble for both women. Maybe uh, Bailey gets her uh, comeuppance in the Royal Rumble. But Bailey wins in eight minutes. So Meechin tried to spike Bailey with leg scissors. And she went for a cover off that, made a two count back and forth counters until Bailey used a jackknife cover with her feet on the rope for a pinfall. Wow, man, what a five star classic. This match will end up in everybody's top 10 at the end of 2023 as best women's match of the year, said nobody ever. Bailey wins in eight minutes. Oh, great. Who cares? Candice LeRae is backstage. She's being interviewed by Kathy Kelly. She mentioned Johnny Gargano, her husband. He's doing what it takes to get back to 100%. Apparently, he is injured, shoulder injury. And Johnny Gargano actually posted something on Twitter saying that he will desperately try to get back to be in the Royal Rumble because he wants to be in his first Royal Rumble. There was Nikki... Uh, w listen, bro, what, what is her name now? I mean, I'm, I'm very confused. Jesse, what, what is her name? I, I, is it now Nikki Trash again? Ash! Ash, I'm sorry. Trash. I thought it was Trash. Yes, Trash, right? Uh, Nikki Trash, right? Is she Nikki Trash or is she Nikki Cross now? Because with Vince coming back, man, I, I don't know. We can't have two crosses in WWE. We can't have Karrion and then Nikki Cross. I mean, that's just, that's, I mean, that's just mind-blown, bro. You can't, you can't have that in Vince McMahon's W. Uh, what, what are we doing here? Oh, it's Nikki, it's Nikki Cross for now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought, uh, I thought Triple H was bringing back sanity for Nikki Cross. No? I think we're slowly losing our sanity with this Vince McMahon news. Seriously. Nikki Trash was back in the segment, way in the back, you saw a reflection of Nikki Cross in the back, and apparently she is uh, stalking Candice LeRae. Who cares? I mean, do you care about a Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross feud? I know I don't. So, LeRae talked about the rumble. Rhea Ripley interrupted her and said, oh, I overheard you. She said it's infuriating that she thinks she has a chance to win the Rumble. LeRae says she's got as good of a chance as she does. LeRae challenged her to a match tonight. Ripley said she'd enjoy squashing her like a bug. Austin Theory. He made his entrance. He's out there in the ring. Gets on the microphone and he yells, The champ is here. Now, if you need any indication about who Austin Theory is wrestling at WrestleMania, I mean, just open your fucking ears and listen to what he said there. 
We want Rollins, the fans in Alabama are chanting. He said that's too bad because Seth limped away from the ring because his old knees just couldn't hold up with good old me. He said fans shouldn't boo him. He said Seth was outclassed and outshined and taken to school last week. Seth comes out. He comes out on crutches. And Seth trolled everybody. He started playing air guitar with the crutch. Graves yelled, it's a miracle. Seth then played up to the fans, and fans were singing his song, and he had the crutch in his hand. He gets into the ring, and he has a face-to-face with Austin Theory. Theory told Seth he's better than him, and he will go on to win the Royal Rumble. And then headline WrestleMania walk out as both U.S. champion and undisputed Universal champion. Seth asked, are you done He says his knee isn't 100%, but it will be in time to win the Royal Rumble and go on to headline WrestleMania. Seth was leaving the ring. All of a sudden, Bobby Lashley walked out. Theory told him he is part of the past, and this is his ring now, so don't come into the ring. Lashley entered anyway. He speared Theory, and Bobby Lashley said he is entering the Royal Rumble. He will manhandle everyone in the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. You know, I find it so funny how everybody is announcing their their inclusion in the Royal Rumble, yet Ricochet, like a fucking geek, had to qualify for the Royal Rumble. Of everybody that needed to qualify, Ricochet needed to qualify. Meanwhile, we got everybody else fucking, yeah, I'm in the Royal Rumble, yeah, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble, yeah, I'll be there. What was the point of having one lone qualifying match for the Royal Rumble. If you're going to have qualifying matches, then you should have 30 qualifying matches. You can't have fucking one qualifying match and then have everybody say, yeah, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'll see you in San Antonio. What a lame fucking way to write television. Ridiculous. So, Seth Rollins, he's, he's not really hurt. He's not really hurt. And... The knee, in, the knee injury is nothing more than kayfabe. They're playing up for the Royal Rumble. They need to add a little bit more intrigue into the Royal Rumble. I do think, this is my prediction here. This is my prediction. Austin Theory will be in the final four. He will be one of the final four in the Royal Rumble. I think Seth will be there. I think Austin Theory will be there. I think Cody will be there. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins should be drawing number one and number two, and they should both be there in the end, and the Royal Rumble should end with them. Simple. It is way too easy and way too good of a scenario to not go and do that. Predictable, yes. Story is rich. Story is there. Story is great. That's my prediction. That's how I would do it. I don't know how anybody else would do it. I don't really give a fuck how anybody else would do it. That's what I would do. Now, we may end up getting Cody Rhodes before the Royal Rumble. They got Cody Rhodes' vignettes going on and on and on the last couple of weeks. We may be, we, listen, Cody Rhodes is going to come back, but I feel like they may just bring him back and announce in the Royal Rumble or announce himself for the Royal Rumble and then show up and then we don't know what number he is. That's not the way I'd do it. I'd just have Cody Rhodes show up at number one. But we all know Cody's coming back and we all know that is going to happen at the Royal Rumble. So we'll see what they do. Rhea Ripley. 
She went one-on-one with Candice LeRae. This was fun for the five minutes that it was. I'd like to see this again sometime. I thought Candace and Rhea Ripley worked really well together. This was definitely a lot better than the Bailey and Meechin match from earlier. Ripley was in control. LeRae brought her down off the middle rope with a nice-looking German suplex. LeRae tried for a dive, but Ripley caught her and drove her into the barricade. Ripley applied a standing cloverleaf before swinging her into the barricade again. Ripley then hit the riptide in the ring. One, two, three, and a very decisive victory for Rhea Ripley. So Candice LeRae comes back and has been sold to the WWE Universe as a jobber. What are we doing with Candice? I don't really get it. Hopefully she has a nice Royal Rumble for herself and gets some solid foundation underneath her going into 2023 because right now Candice looks like an absolute loser out there and it should not be. She's too good. And she could get a lot of momentum if given the right storyline. I just feel like Candace is one of those women on the roster that could easily break out and become very likable and relatable. But right now, there's nothing going on with Candace and Rhea Ripley, decisive victory today with the Riptide. Byron Saxton rushed into the locker room to interview MVP. And uh, interview Bobby Lashley, rather. But MVP asked him to leave because they had business to discuss. MVP offered Lashley a handshake, but Lashley did not accept. MVP thought Lashley would show some gratitude after getting his suspension lifted. Lashley appreciated it, but thought MVP should appreciate the fact that he didn't punch him in the face. So they still have some issues there. I like the fact that they're playing up the fact that MVP turned on Lashley with... Omas, MVP was trying to get Hurt Business back on the, sh- on the same page. He spoke to Shelton. He spoke to Cedric. And he wants to really get them back together to take on, you know, the bloodline and own Monday Night Raw and put a Hurt on the other tag teams later in that turmoil match. Lashley says he wouldn't forget everything they've been through MVP understood, but asked him to consider expanding his business. We are getting the Hurt Business back, and that makes me very happy. They are teasing it, and it's coming. When it's coming, I don't know. We may see something happen in the Royal Rumble. That may be one of the storyline arches in the Royal Rumble. Cedric and Shelton helping Bobby Lashley in the Royal Rumble, and then we get the Hurt Business back? I like it. I don't think anybody has a problem with the Hurt Business coming back to Monday Night Raw. We got a Cody Rhodes video package. This was excellent. I mean, Cody Rhodes is just excellent in general, but these have been very good, man. This one documented the Hell in a Cell match and the torn pec. They showed clips of the actual surgery. WWE, man, when they say they film everything, they film everything. They showed him getting surgery. They showed him in the match. They showed him sitting down talking about the match. He said he hadn't watched it back. He says he's not going to watch it back. And the next part is going to be him overcoming the surgery and rehabilitation and getting back into training. So I'm loving these, man. These are really, really, really good. Kathy Kelly interviewed Dolph Ziggler backstage about facing Solo Sokoa. He says he is focused on being the best. 
He says he's there for revenge and payback. Mustafa Ali enters and says that he just got back from Adam Pierce's office and he found out that Pierce offered him and Ziggler a spot in the tag team match later and Ziggler declined and said he would rather face Solo one-on-one. Ziggler said he wanted a singles match. Ziggler said he was doing the right thing when he interfered in his match last month, costing him the United States title because it was for the greater good against Austin Theory. But tonight, it's not about championships, and it's not about him, and he hopes he understands that. I don't think we need Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali in another makeshift tag team. I think we'll well pass that. And putting those two guys together isn't really going to do either of them any favors. We got a vignette that aired on Bronson Reed. And apparently, Saxton asked Reed why he decided to help The Miz. Miz entered the scene and said it's because Reed isn't just a bruiser. He's also a highly ethical man who saw that he was outnumbered. He put his hand on Reed's shoulder, but Reed shot a, a look at him. Miz invited Reed to join him at Miz TV. Anything for a friend. Reed then said, friend, there is no us. If you want something from me, pay me. So they still have Bronson Reed mingling with The Miz, but Bronson Reed is not really intertwined with The Miz as of this moment. I think Bronson Reed's going to be a bruiser in that Royal Rumble. Seriously. That's what I'm looking forward to, man. One of the things I'm looking forward to is how Bronson Reed competes in that Royal Rumble. He should be one of those guys that gets a decent amount of time in there. Solo Sokoa versus Dolph Ziggler. This went 11 minutes. I mean, Solo's been booked brilliantly. Dolph Ziggler's fucking fantastic. This was a good match. This was a good match. But just like everything else on this show, it is very difficult to care about this match when Dolph Ziggler has been off TV and in the middle of nothing. You cannot find any time to invest in Dolph Ziggler because he is so hot and so cold. Sokoa was dominating. Ziggler fired back, hit a DDT. He went for a two count, hit a zigzag, got a cover, went for a two count. Ziggler kicked his leg out of his leg and went for a famouser, but Solo Sokoa caught him, hoisted him up, and hit a mid-air Samoan spike for the pinfall. That was basically it. 11 minutes, most of it happened through the commercial break, and Solo Sokoa, as usual, wins, and he remains undefeated on the main roster. They replayed clips of Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley crashing Mysterio family holiday parties, as well as the prison clip from last week with Dominic. Judgment Day walked with Dom through the back, and his face was covered up with shades, And a bandana. He's got a teardrop tattoo under his left eye. And he looks like a great value Walmart bargain basement Dollar Tree version of Conan. That's exactly what he looks like. Everybody's going crazy about this on social media. Ha ha ha. Look at Dominic. Ha ha ha. Look at how funny Dominic is. It looks fine. Am I laughing like I would laugh at a fucking classic episode of Seinfeld? No. No, I am not. Is this the best Dominic Mysterio has looked? Absolutely. You can thank Judgment Day for that. That's all I care about. 
I'm not here to laugh. I'm not here to cry. I'm not here to fucking do anything, man. Dominic looks great. And he's got heat, which is great. Ms. TV. Judgment Day were guests on Ms. TV, or Dominic was a guest with Judgment Day on Ms. TV. So we have Ms. interviewing Dominic about what it's like to be in prison. So he was talking about his time in prison. Ms. says he sees Dominic brought his whole crew and he's sorry he doesn't have enough chairs. He says he was expecting Dominic and Mommy. Rhea Ripley. Dominic said he learned in prison, you always stay close to your crew. Miz then asked what it's like on the inside. Dominic said, well, snitches get stitches. People found this up. Uh, You know, people online found this like they were in an uproar, man. Hilarious. They found this to be like, oh my God, like they went to a fucking comedy show. They couldn't stop laughing. People were just rolling over laughing about snitches get stitches. I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. On to the next segment. Dominic says he's overheard while he was in prison. He overheard his bunkmate saying he wanted to punch a hole in his face. He said that night he jumped down off his top bunk, slapped him in his sleep, woke him up, and asked if they had a problem, and that was it. So that's Dominic's story. Miz said the fans, wow, the fans should show appreciation for Dominic's great human spirit. Dominic then said, now I truly know how Martha Stewart feels. I don't know why anybody would laugh at that at such a dated reference. When was the last time Martha Stewart was in prison? How long ago was that? And we're using that as a a dated reference here for Dominic Mysterio. I mean, if Vince is not booking this show, I would be fucking shocked. If Vince is not writing this show, I would be shocked. With a reference like that, it's very difficult to not believe Vince is writing this show. So, Miz then says his sources, he has sources, tell him that Dominic was only in county jail for a few hours. Damian Priest got angry. What did you just say? Are you lying? Why are you lying? Do you think we're lying? Miz says, well, he's wearing a designer flannel off-colored shirt. As Priest got more upset, Miz said, listen, calm down. Maybe I was just misinformed. Priest said that you're going to win the tag team title turmoil match tonight. And you're, or we're, coming for the Usos. So basically, Tag Team Turmoil started right after Miz TV. Finn Balor, Damian Priest against Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. So we had a lot of time for this, man. This Turmoil match started around 10, 15 or so. So Finn Balor and Damian Priest, they beat the OC, AJ Styles, Clearly not out there because he is injured with a really, really, really bad ankle. And this one goes 10 minutes. So half of it was in the commercial. Balor distracted the referee so Priest could take Anderson and throw him into the steel steps. Dominic tripped Anderson with a distraction. 
Balor applied a schoolboy and pinned Carl Anderson for the one, two, three. So that went 10 minutes and Judgment Day get the first victory over the OC in this tag team turmoil match. Then they go up against Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. This went about half of the first match, went about four minutes or so. Benjamin got in there. He showed off a little bit, handing out multiple German suplexes to both guys. Benjamin and Alexander got a lot of offense in this match, and I was hoping that they would advance in this tag team turmoil match, but that was not the case. Priest chokeslammed Alexander before Balor hit a coup de grace for the one, two, three. Looks like the Hurt Business is not fully back to hurting anybody. Business is not fully operational for them yet. So they pretty much uh, got beat very quickly here. Then we move on to Alpha Academy. This went four minutes. We want Otis. We want Otis in this thing. Otis is a beast. I love Alpha Academy. I love Chad Gable and Otis. I don't know why we don't give them a shot at the fucking tag team championships. Hopefully when the Usos drop these titles, hopefully we get some nice momentum. I keep saying it. For Chad Gable and Otis. So... Otis ran over Priest, hit a rolling elbow before slamming Balor. He crushed both guys in the corner with a big charge. Priest fell, and Otis did the caterpillar, which popped the crowd. He gave Balor the world's strongest slam, but Balor grabbed Gable, held him as Otis hit a Vader bomb, crushing Gable in the process. Otis was distracted because he hit Gable and was worried about his tag team partner. So Priest hit him with a big boot. Running clothesline and one, two, three. And Damian Priest, man, having a great night here. He beats Otis and Judgment Day move on past Alpha Academy. They moved on past her business, Shelton and Cedric, and they beat Carl Anderson and Luke Gallo. So right now, they are hot. And they are looking at the Street Profits here. And this is the final team in the tag team turmoil match. Now, The thing with this is Balor's ribs were injured off of the big splash by Otis because he was underneath Chad Gable. So his ribs were injured. The medical staff came over. Adam Pearce was out there, and they determined that Finn Balor could not continue this match. So Adam Pearce said, all right, you got one of two things. One, you could have Dominic take his place. So it could be Priest and Dominic to finish this match or you forfeit one or the other. Now, Dominic didn't want to wrestle. Dominic did not want want to wrestle. He he kept insinuating that, you know, Finn Balor, get up. Finn, get up. You're a man. You know, blah, blah, blah. He he wanted Finn to wrestle. Hurt. He thought Finn could do it. Damian Priest kind of looked hesitant as well. He didn't want Dominic in there either, but he ended up wrestling the match and they came to a conclusion that it was best for Judgment Day. So Dominic takes Balor's place, and it's Priest versus Priest and Dominic versus the Street Prophets. Balor remained at ringside. He was watching in pain and sitting in a chair. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, they came in hot, put the boots to Dom. They took his flannel and kint, he, they, they chucked his flannel, threw it out of the ring, beat the shit out of him. Priest tagged in. Priest and Ford went back and forth until Dom distracted Ford. Ford confronted Dominic at ringside, but Priest knocked him over the announce table. Dawkins then wiped out both Priest and Dominic with a flip dive, landing on his feet in the process. Dawkins is very much improved. 
Dawkins is really becoming an even better. They were great together beforehand, but he's becoming such an even better compliment to Montez Ford. They're coming along, man. I would not break them up. I would not break up the Street Profits at all. I know everybody's like, oh, Montez is the guy. Montez is the star. I would not break them up anytime soon. They are better together than they would be apart. So Dawkins landed on his feet, which was very nice. Judgment Day controlled Dawkins after a commercial break. Balor was on the outside, holding an ice pack to his ribs, really selling the ribs. Dom went for a 619, but Dawkins hit him with a spinning elbow. Crowd was very big into the Street Profits here. Ford made a hot tag. He hit a high cross on both guys. Ford then with a series of kicks on Dom before hitting a standing moonsault for a near fall. Street Profits gave Dom an elevated suplex for two. Priest tagged in and hit Montez with a flatliner before clotheslining Dawkins for a cover. Only gets a two count. Ford tagged in while Dom also made a blind tag. Ford is in there. And I think he saw the tag because he made sure to knock Dominic off the top rope. So Priest knocked Dawkins over the barricade. So Ford did this big dive, which he usually does over the turnpost, leaping over the ring post to wipe out Priest. Ford hit Dominic with a 450 splash. He had the match won, but Rhea Ripley pulled him out of the ring to break up the cover behind the referee's back. Montez leapt onto the apron to avoid a charge by Priest. He went into the steel steps. Dominic yanked Ford off the apron into a schoolboy with his feet on the middle rope, and Dominic pins Montez Ford with the leverage pin, and Judgment Day are the number one contenders for the tag team titles against the Usos. And I don't know whether that match is happening on Raw or on SmackDown, but the Usos entered the arena again after being kicked out, and they faced off with Judgment Day holding up the titles as Monday Night Raw came to a close. Now, I don't know, like I said in the beginning, I don't know what they're doing with the tag team championships. I don't know if this is for the Raw tag team titles. I don't know if this is for the unified tag team titles. I don't know if the plan is to ununify the titles and bring the titles back to Monday Night Raw. But all I said earlier is what I'm about to tell you now. The Usos cannot lose. The Usos cannot lose any match or any title before WrestleMania. It makes absolutely zero sense. Zero. This is nothing more than another bridge to get the Usos into the Royal Rumble and into Elimination Chamber and into WrestleMania. Judgment Day are not winning the tag team titles and the Bloodline should not lose any titles before WrestleMania. Simple. And that is all I got for Monday Night Raw, guys. That is legitimately... All I have. This was a throwaway show. This was a nothing show. And I'm excited for SmackDown because of that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match. I think that's going to be tremendous. I can't wait for that. That's going to be the biggest match in Sami Zayn's career. Bar none. No questions asked. Love it. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you as far as the review of Monday Night Raw. Please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate 1,000 likes minimum on the post show tonight. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And get those super chats in. We're going to go over the super chats in just a little bit. 
Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys get your free sample on me. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, guys. We really haven't felt the cold of winter yet, man. But it's going to get cold. You know it's coming. But that doesn't mean it has to be winter in the bedroom. It could be winter outside. That doesn't mean it has to be winter in the bedroom, man. You can keep those summer temperatures in the bedroom going. And that confidence at an all-time high with Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. And it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Even when the opportunity arises, you can plan ahead. Make sure you're good to go. You can take them anytime, man. That's the best thing about it. Process is very simple. BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online licensed medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They are prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. Guys, they always say first impressions are most important, man. And I always stress first important, uh, first impressions being important. But not only are you going to get a great first impression with Blue Chew, man, you're going to get a lasting impression. That first impression is going to be on repeat every single time. Everybody listening to the show, man, code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping and handling. That's bluechew.com, code JD to receive your first month free. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. And I want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring tonight's Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off The Script. Super Chats. Let's start at the top. Joseph Taylor. With a $3 Super Chat. JD, your top three South Park episodes. None of them, because I don't watch South Park. Hopefully that answers your question, Joseph Taylor. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Raw felt 50-50 booking. 50% Triple H and 50% Vince. It absolutely did. Absolutely. MGM Ballin'. With a $4.99 and $1.99. What does Chad Gable say when a lovely lady drops her drawers? Boosh! Bolin, when did you get in the uh, comedy business, man? When did you get into the comedy business? $1.99, he says, no mas o mas. Not today, Jay, with a $4.99. I feel like Papa H took Raw down to two hours. If he took Raw down to two hours, it would be more exciting. But with Vince back, that ain't happening. Bro, that ain't happening, period. The loss of revenue for WWE would be tremendous. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. This felt like a Vince McMahon run show. Did he touch creative? If so, get him out and take Kevin Patrick and Bruce with him. It did feel like a Vince show, brother. 
And Kevin Patrick is awful. Esato Fortune with the $10 Super Chat. Cody, not in WWE. Bobby would be the one to beat Roman. They both share a win. He's legit. Mad over. Her business versus bloodline equals banger. I still see him have the universal belt and Cody with the WWE belt. Bro, Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. That would not be a WrestleMania main event worth my time. Now, the bloodline and the Hurt Business, at some other point, sure. But at WrestleMania, no. If Bobby Lashley was the guy, that's not all that exciting to me, man. If Cody wasn't in WWE, I'm sure there'd be somebody else better than Bobby Lashley. Thank you, Asato, with a $10 super chat. The Jay Caleb Show with a four-month recommitment. Thank you, uh, Jay. I grade Raw tonight, a triple F. Yeah, it was a lame show. JW Universe with four months. Thank you, brother. Raw was kind of boring tonight. Indeed. Not today, Jay, with a 499. I've got a joke. What did Devon Dudley tell Bubba Ray Dudley when they were working at McDonald's? Oh, my brother, test the fries. Uh, Jay, I'm, I am completely 100% positive that Sidro already told this joke. What would you like me to do with recycled material, Jay? Sinister with four months. Omos beats Roman for the titles at WrestleMania. Okay, uh, on to the next one. Uh, Terry Love, eight months. Please, for the love of God, Kevin Patrick needs to go. I had to go mute my TV a couple of times. JD and my OTS family, cheers to you all. Much love. Sinister, why are you giving me a four-month membership super chat with Omos beating Roman Reigns for the titles? And Satnam Singh beats MJF at Revolution and at Forbidden Door. It's Omos versus Singh, AEW versus WWE, long-term booking. Sinister, you must have had so much to drink at the bar that you are fucking retarded. And I mean that in the most loving way because you're a member for four months. I love you, Sinister. Thank you so much. But I'm going to have to ask you to get the fuck out. I'm sorry. That may be the worst take ever. You put yourself in Raging Girl Gamer territory. What would you like me to do with that four months, bro? Would you like me to sit there and congratulate you on a job well done with a comment like that? Teddy Love, thank you, brother. Nick Williams with the $10 Super Chat. Have JD from NY as co-head booker with Triple H. Have Bruce as a janitor and have Vince forced out, tied up to watch good booking by both JD and Triple H. I like the way you think, Nick. I like the way you think, brother. 22 months with Robert Hurt in the OTS venue. Thank you, brother. JD, you think Sasha is showing up Wednesday night? Yes, I do. Tony Brown with a 199. I fell asleep. Uh, don't worry about it, Tony Brown. There was uh, hardly any booty meat on this show 
just make sure you tune into Wednesday. There will be plenty of meat to be had on Wednesday's Dynamite. William Salvatore with a $50 super chat. This was without question the worst Raw of the Triple H era. Coincidence? Or is Vince pulling the strings again? What do you think Friday will be like? I don't know, man. William, I really don't know. That Sami Zayn Kevin Owens match is going to be a banger, but... The Vince news really just brought everybody down several notches. Our excitement is not as it was three weeks ago. Wrap the well with $10. Thank you so much, brother, for the $10 super chat. There's no excuses for this garbage, especially this far into the new year. After the Rumble, I may just have to quit watching again. However, JD, I'm glad you're doing your thing here as always. Man, we ain't going anywhere, brother. We ain't going anywhere. Tay-Tay the Savior with a five-month super chat. Five-month VIP. Is WWE splitting the tag team titles? I have no idea, bro. I am fucking confused. I really am. Corey Williams with five months. WWE Raw was good tonight. No, it wasn't. Cliff Goat with five months. No, JD, don't hang me from a cliff. Hashtag enough of the cliffhangers. Omega Kong with $5 Super Chat. He says, But JD, come on, my, my, my man. It's a cliffhanger, man. Let it play out, man. Thank you, Omega. Not today, Jay. With a $4.99. JD, I'm going to throw this out there, and I most likely am wrong. But what if Edge returns next week and costs the Judgment Day the championships? I could see that. I could absolutely see that, man. Zachary with a $4.99. Kevin Patrick is insufferable. Corey Graves is gold on commentary. Now that college football is over, Pat McAfee might be back. SmackDown needs him. Listen, man, Wade Barrett's doing a great job. Wade Barrett is doing a great job. Eugene Morgan with a $20 Super Chat. You're number one for a reason. The ranting and screaming, getting blocked by wrestlers, pissing off Britt Baker, random singing, playing air guitar, destroying trolls, wildness and craziness. And very non-boring personality. I love it. Eugene, you got the comment of the fucking week, bro. Cheers to you, Eugene. Thank you, man. Brian the Dean. With an eight months in the venue. Thank you, man. JD, there's too many red flags that points to Vince McMahon running at least part of the show, OTS for Life. Man, listen, man, that's going to be my th- new thing, man. I-, I-, I truly think that Vince is in some way now running the show. Just because of this news this week, I, I-, I just can't get it out of my head. Vince McVenom with a $2 super chat. W- uh, we, have, we have infiltrated WWE Creative. Yeah, you did. You absolutely did. It's great. Alan McDonald with a Australia Mite $22 super chat. Shot in the dark prediction for WrestleMania. At some point, EO and Dakota are going to turn on Bailey. Bailey will 
switch babyface, and we'll get Becky and Bailey versus Io and Dakota for the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. You know, Alan, that's actually not a bad idea. Because other than other than what you just mentioned, I have no clue on what Bailey or Becky does at WrestleMania. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. JD Johnny was in the Royal Rumble in 2019, was he? I guess you're right, Joseph. Fuck me. I was wrong. Vince McVenom, $2 Super Chat. Turtle Cross is coming back per Vince McMahon. Oh, you mean Super Shredder. Okay. So I guess Scarlett could uh, go back down to the Performance Center and stay at home. Johnny Cloud with 16 months. Acknowledge your tribal chief of the IWC closer and closer to my gold. Absolutely, brother. 24 is right around your corner. Shadow Moss. $5 Super Chat. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you was right. Vince has come back to Detroit WWE and spit in the face of the fans. Shadow Moss, when am I ever wrong, bro? I ain't right all the time, but fucking Christ, man. My win percentage is incredibly high. Furious Nation with 15 months. What's up, JD? I know it's a bit late, but Happy New Year, man. Also, in my opinion, the 2007 Royal Rumble is my favorite Royal Rumble with The Undertaker winning, man. The, the last two, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in that Rumble, man. The best ending to a Royal Rumble ever. Ever. That's what I want to have happen with Cody and Seth. Omega Kong with a $10 Super Chat. The last six to seven months of WWE under Triple H. It was fun while it lasted. I'm seriously concerned about Paul. I don't want Vince to stress him out again. Pray for Triple H. Jody Bolin with a $5 Super Chat. I love watching your channel. You make me laugh with the hee Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Jeremy Lewis with the $10 Super Chat. Don't know if I missed it, but I'm interested to your take on Omega Osprey at Russell Kingdom 17 and Omega winning the U.S. title. Eric Meltzer sprinkled a hefty amount of stars on that match. Cheers. Uh, Jeremy, I have not even watched the match yet. So I really can't answer your question, man. But I will say this. With Kenny Omega winning the United States Championship, I do think that we get... Match number two at Forbidden Door. That's my prediction. Eugene Morgan with a $10 super chat. What's worse? Vince making outdated references from 20 years ago sounds current. Or the WWE fans popping for said references. What's up with the WWE fans sometimes? I don't know. I don't know why Martha Stewart was even mentioned here, man. I have no fucking... I don't know who found that funny. Must have been a Bruce Prichard line. Chris with five months. What's up, JD and OTS family? Celebrating five months. Give me Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. What if Rock gets inducted into the Hall of Fame WrestleMania weekend? I have no idea, man. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. They may sweeten the pot for sure with that. Jay with a 499. My bad. Didn't know... He told that joke, sorry, Sidro. No worries there, brother. 
Kenny Omega Goat. $14.99, Super Chat. Any chance AEW does a mini swerve instead of Sheeta attacking Tony? Tony attacks Soraya for the disrespect. I feel it could start more storylines that way. Hey, listen, man, I didn't even think about that, to be quite honest with you. I didn't really, I didn't really even think about that. So good on you for that, bro. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. At the end of it, I do think that Sasha Banks will be in AEW. Or Mercedes Monet will be in AEW. Colin Serwick with a $10 super chat. I was at Raw tonight. I definitely felt his presence on creative. I'm a big fan of you, JD. Keep up the good work. OTS for life. Hopefully Vince goes away. Hopefully Vince goes away and never comes back. Yes. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. And thank you, Colin. I appreciate that, brother. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. The Omos WWE Champion joke got me laughing for a few minutes. Roman dropping the title to Omos is equivalent to The Fiend losing to Goldberg. I don't even know which would be worse, bro, to be honest with you. Edmund Van Buren with a 499 Super Chat. If you could book your dream card, who would be in the main event and co-main event? I don't know, man. I'd probably book Okada versus Roman Reigns. Or Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. To be quite honest with you. Will Ospreay versus Seth Rollins. Jay White versus... Seth Rollins. I think those would be great matches. Kenny Omega Goat with a 799 Super Chat. Also, if Mercedes is debuting on Wednesday, that tag match should be the main event. Jericho 8131 with a $10 Super Chat. With Vince coming back to overthrow Triple H, how likely does this now change the mentality possibility of AEW guys like Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Andrade, and Tony Stone wanting to come back eventually. It changes everything. That's why Tony Khan put out that tweet. Wow, everybody's being so nice to me today. I wonder why. And Jurgen Muyet with a $10 super chat. Jurgen asks, Top three episodes of Yellowstone. I don't have any favorite episode of Yellowstone, man. If I was to answer your question in a very simplistic way, I would say my favorite season is the last season. I'm only through four seasons, uh, through through four episodes of this current season, but I thoroughly enjoyed last season. I don't like that they've now done uh, mid-season finales, but... It's coming back in the summer. I guess we can wait. Anyway, guys, uh, I appreciate y'all hanging out for me or hanging out with me tonight on the Monday Night Raw post show. I'm about to get out of here, man. I got to get some sleep. I will see you all on Wednesday live with Jesse for AEW Dynamite. And you guys are getting some extra tomorrow on the sub boxes. Look out for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you on Wednesday. AEW Dynamite from Los Angeles. I need those... Ace emojis, those guitar emojis, those Mustang emojis, and I need that music on max. See you live Wednesday for Dynamite right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.